fullback. Jacobs gets it and scores. Touchdown, Giants. And Jacobs fires the football <laughs> into the play clock as the Giants now jump out in front for the second time in this game. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've got it. An interview we've been wanting to do for a while, waiting for the right time to do it. And this is there's been no better time than this time of the year in the year of 2022. We got Brandon Jacobs, two-time Super Bowl champion, running back for the New York Giants. Justin, how you doing? We got some uh, FanFest announcements we're going to talk about. Um, but I'm excited for the Brandon Jacobs interview. He was very open and... We are going to have him beat the shit out of Mark Colombo. <laughs> yeah, that was like the main thing to come out of it. Like, you know how Snacks has his, uh, his spit list that if people that if he ever saw in person, he'd spit in their face. Brandon Jacobs, he ever saw Mark Colombo in public, would punch him in his freaking face and then also spit on him. So that was that was crazy. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, pretty long interview, too. It's like a l- little solid 45 minute interview for you and he was, it was transparent the entire time kind of talking uh you know joking around a little bit too uh but then he also kind of kind of got some deep with some football stuff too which was cool to hear so yeah bobby skinner excited for everybody to listen to it no doubt um before we get into the interview and and our uh fan fest announcements this episode and the reason we're able to do stuff like fan fest um was brought to you by sean pelilo pelilo sean pelilo and then greg Kemaluka, he he's gonna juke ya. Mm. You know, I don't know if there's any book of basketball listeners out there, um, the podcast. But Ben or Bill Simmons' son, that jingle he has at the beginning of it is actually kind of catchy. Justin, who are these people? patreon.com slash talking giants that's where these wonderful people went for two dollars a month plus some other tiers you get to hang out out with us live while we record the shows i know a show that's coming up that's my one of my favorite shows of the entire year because we get to keep track of you know how we actually do we get to put our put our takes out there's the over under show bobby when is that coming up um Probably like two weeks from now. Two, two weeks from now. So maybe after the, the, 4th maybe of the July. episode we come back from our vacation week. All right, cool. So after the 4th of July. So you get to hang out with us while we record some shows live. Uh, Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers, magnets in the mail. And then twice a month, there's some shirt raffles that you're into, into. So you can win some shirts like the Brian Dable coach shirt that I have on right now. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Yeah, come have fun with us. Uh, our 4th of July mailbag we're recording on Thursday, which uh, obviously both of us, Danny King and Snacks, will be there. Um, the tweet is out to ask questions again. It's non-Giants football, current Giants football related questions. So we got to put, put some put some in there. I saw some good ones in there already. So, um, you know, pretty much I, w- I won't say nothing's off limits, but ask us whatever you want, whether it's personal or hypothetical or whatever. Um, all right, Justin, uh, FanFest. The Giants announced that they are, one, letting fans back in the training camp, which was awesome, but they're also doing a fan fest again, and they're putting the fan fest on a Friday night. Like, mm. me and you talked, and we're like, man, I, they're supposedly going to have fans back in. I could see them just cutting the fan fest. They never did fan fest before this last year, so they're going to be like, you know, one or the other. But they did that, and they're putting fan fest on a Friday night. It's going to get pretty, pretty rowdy. So, just for us. All the practices will be there, so come hang, you know, come hang out with us, come say hi to us at all those practices. But as like last year, we are doing another catered event, parking lot G, like we did. We'll be out there at like three o'clock. Maybe we'll may hell we'll maybe even get out there a little earlier. Um, yeah, we're not going to be year. coming from the city, so 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I got a. Uh, you know, we're gonna have the big black vans gonna be out there. That's gonna be a staple of it. Um, and uh, catered event by Candlewick Diner, and then so come hang out, have a good time, and then we'll also do another show with License Plate Guide Entertainer. Um, Justin, I'm asking you on this on this on the fly. Is there any way we can set up speakers to where people could hear the show this year instead of having to huddle around? Um, I could talk to Dan Dan, uh, the tech man uh, at John Boy Media, who has been wonderful to us, to see if there's a way that we can record both through the roadcaster that we record on so we could put it on YouTube the next day in the podcast apps for people that can't attend so they can hear the convo, but then also so people can hear live. I'm sure there is a way that we can do that. And even if it requires a little bit more of a, a setup, we have time to do that. But in all seriousness, when it, when it comes to this fan fest and the whole Giants training camp, I feel like we don't give the Giants enough credit on things. And granted, they haven't won a lot of games. They've messed up the GM. MetLife Stadium is a MetLife Stadium is a dump of a stadium, and the you know the medium Pepsi was a funny thing that happened uh, last season. But I want to give the Giants credit, and I want to give them uh, a metaphorical round of applause for opening up training camp and having this fan fest because the fan fest was really fun last year. So doing both of those things, um, you're late, but this is this is very very well done, and it's. A very exciting season to do it too. So thank you to the Giants. Yeah, we got I got pretty pissed at them last year and deservedly so. They were being lazy. But this year, I mean they did ten practices, which is more than they usually do. It's usually eight or nine, plus the fan fest. So um good on the Giants. So make sure to come out. We'll we'll promote it more as as the time goes yeah. on. But I remember last year a lot of people had FOMO for not coming to that. Um and this year it's on a Friday, so you don't have you know the excuse. Get out there Friday. I think it's on August fifth august 5th so come out to fan fest it's gonna be a great time i'm really looking forward to it we you know we met a ton of cool people last year did a show free food you know brought to you by candlewick diner bring your own booze um and and have a good time it was really cool last year um so and i have a rant to start that show i have a rant that's gonna have to do with something from fan fest last year so i've already got boiling in my head snacks to start was off. right we we booed we booed snacks to start the to start the show because he was like how many how many games are we gonna win and he was like two <laughs> and we all yeah. booed him <laughs> and he was like right <laughs> but I have a rant that has to do with last year's fan fest so oh okay um, so make make sure to show up out there for that don't regret running the lap we'll talk about it okay we'll talk about it um all right we could send to the Brandon Jacobs interview first. It's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any game and get $150 in free bets. But no matter what, win or lose, looking to, uh, or you get those free bets. Sorry. You get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. I read that in a, a, a bad cadence. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday uh, this baseball season with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, uh, like which team will win, total runs, extra innings, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Speaking of cadence, I actually thought about Cadence Smith the other day. I was like, I feel bad that his career is kind of over. That injury sucked. Yeah. Um, we're going to go to a Yankee game, probably one of the Mariners on like a Monday or Tuesday night in the beginning of August. So uh, maybe I'll put together a parlay for that. Right now, if your same game parlay doesn't hit, you can get a free bet back up to $10. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. New customers can make 
uh, any $5 MLB bet and get $150 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code JOHNBOY, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for date, details. MLB trademarks used with permission. And now, two-time Super Bowl champion, Brandon Jacobs. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Uh, we now welcome on White Boy, uh, who who our other guests just referenced him as, uh, Brandon Jacobs, two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, you know, n- number one in a lot of Giants fans' hearts, and he's even uh, looks like he's coaching. You got some plays in the background. The opponents might steal. What's uh? Yeah. What's going on, man? It's good to good to get you on. You've been a, a guest we've wanted to have you on for a long time. Yeah, well, I'm here, man. You know, just coaching kids and, you know, just having fun, kind of enjoying uh, retirement, you know, and, uh, and thanks for having me. No doubt. And I, I want to ask you about your son, who, who just looks like a beast, even though you work him a little too much on social media. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw this to Joe. Joe, how did you guys, like, link up and meet to where you guys are, you know, more than just, you know, you know, you know, Joe has relationships with a lot of guys, but uh, clearly you guys are a little close. Love a good how yeah, we met story. Yeah, it's it's different when it comes to Brandon because, uh, you know, he's probably the realest player I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, look, you know, it's no secret I've been going to games forever. And, you know, one day I'm at, I'm at a hotel, a, a, a road game, probably Dallas, and I'm walking the hallway and I hear – yo, you. And I'm like, you know, I didn't know person was talking to me. He said it again. Yo, I'm talking to you. I turn around. It's this guy bigger than life. It's Brandon Jacobs. And I'm like, me? He's like, yeah, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I didn't know what to say. I was completely speechless. And uh, I was like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Joe. Like, I didn't even know what to say. And uh, the rest is history. He's like, we sat at the bar. Brandon, how long? I don't even. I had to go to meetings. No, it was after meetings. I had to go up a curfew. Yeah, I had to go up a curfew. It was a eleven o'clock curfew. It was night, night before game. We had our meetings. We, you know, we, we got out around uh, you know seven forty-five. So guys normally get you know seven forty-five, eight o'clock. You get out the meeting. Um, usually, guys will go eat. You know, we'll go grab something to eat in whatever town we're in. Uh, we, you know, we, we typically didn't go. Too many places when we came to Dallas for whatever hotel is we ain't got good restaurants. So saw Joe in a, a lobby and we just sat down in the, the lobby and she, at the bar and just had some drinks. And I'm like, I'm thanking this guy like this dude is sitting behind us. Like, and <laughs> everywhere we go, he's sitting behind us, right behind, us, drinking all our Gatorade, like everything. He's like, like <laughs> and he's like on the 45, 50 yard line, like every time, like he might be slightly off some weeks. So I said, those tickets aren't cheap for him to be continued, like, doing that. Like, how the fuck does this guy afford these fucking tickets? Like, who is he? Like, who? who, who? What type of bread does he have? Like, what does he do? I'm like, I, so I, I would always look up. You see, I'm like, man, that dude is back there again. You know, get uh, like, obviously, hair wouldn't have only this now. Stands mm-hmm. out, his jersey on with all kind of pictures on. I'm like, you know, like, this guy, we got license plates hanging off the damn, uh, like over the stadium, so I'm like, I didn't know who it was. So I, I had a chance to see him and ask him, like, bro, who are you? Like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> you spending some good money for these tickets, man. And then, then the rest is history. I mean, he invited me over one day, go swimming, and 
the rest is history. Been friends ever since. And like I said, probably the realest person I've ever met in my entire life. And his his family is golden. You mess with his family, you 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 get the shit beat out of you. And I'm not talking about from Brandon. His wife will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Noted. You know, when Braden's in the draft, you know, we'll be we'll be easy on our critiques of him. You know, four or five years from now. Yeah, um, Braden. Yeah, Braden. But uh, you to be. He's seeing everything now. When they, every time you get a little bit out there, people talk to him. I said, "You just got to take that, man. That's just what it is. Got to take it, roll with so, it." You know, so he'll be ready for it. Joe, you mentioned a couple of things, you know, about Brandon. You know, Brandon, you being real, and and I think that's why a lot of Giants fans liked you, is you kept it real all the time. You played with the chip on your shoulder, but also with your family. Now, it's what is it like, you know, now that you know you're raising your kids, obviously, and now. I mean, I saw the other day Braden, who I guess he plays offensive tackle. Like he had like three offers from like top D one schools in one day. How's mm-hmm. that like been handling that process with with your son now? It's interesting, man, because when I was getting recruited, it wasn't like this. It just wasn't like it is now. You know, we weren't going to schools trying on people like putting on their uniform. Like we weren't doing any of that. We were Photo just, shoots. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we weren't doing any of that stuff, man. So I look at him like, dude, they really. Spoiling you guys, but at the same time, it's spoiling you. I want you to realize that that kid behind you plays your position. You just took pictures in the uniform as well. Got four or five kids there that play your position. They take a uniform. They they spoil you trying their best to spoil like all y'all. So, better keep your mind going in the right direction, and you know, kind of make a decision off of how you feel about the coach and not what they got. Because everybody gonna have nice stuff, but it's definitely different. Than any than in than like anything I went through, so I'm kind of learning on the fly right now, you know myself. Anywhere he's leaning right now, could we you know break the news? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's going to ninth grade. Well, he's going to tenth grade, so he's not. Oh, okay. Really, yeah, he's not really leaning anywhere right now. I mean, you don't know who he get. He said he wanted to get two offers. He said he wanted to achieve two offers. Like hmm. it mattered, but Georgia was one in Alabama was one. He said that I said it was. Are you going to go to Georgia, Alabama? You know, he's like, well, I would like to have the option to go to Georgia, Alabama. I'm like, oh, so here's the thing. You guys make Georgia and Alabama special by making them, by putting them on your top list to go to get them. You guys make them what they are, you know? So he's looking at it, and he got one from Georgia. Now we getting ready to go to Alabama uh, coming here soon. Um, so I'm going to go camp there and maybe see if we can get that one. Calls it that, I guess. He's right? in 10th grade and he's almost as big as you. Or he's, I think he's bigger grade. than 10th yeah, grade. Yeah, he's, he's going to the 10th. He's big. He's, I'm tired of saying six, five and a half. I see he looks about six, six now. It's probably 307, you know, 310, something like that. You round up on the sites. That's what you do. If, if you're six, four, <laughs> six, five, you, you bump it up yeah. to six, six on the sites, you know? I'm just tired of saying six, five and a half, honey. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we get him on the show, he'll be the third biggest guy out of this group. I'm I'm like I'm in the six seven, you know three three bill range. So sure. you know, Brand, be the smallest that Brandon Jacobs ever finished uh, felt in an interview. But you mentioned <laughs> Georgia. You're a giant. That's the way to get him to the Giants. Is we drafted like six Georgia players in yeah. in three years. Are you coaching his? T- I know you've coached. You, you know you coach little league and stuff uh, in Georgia. Are you coaching his team currently, or just working with him separately? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people always say that, man, as a dad, you might want to step back and, and just let your son go and play with other people. I got the luxury to be able to coach him from the age, you know, seven years old till he's in college. 
his time is coming and not be coached by his dad. And it's when he go to college. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I love it. I love sharing it with them. Um, it's great. You know, so uh, getting going to the Giants, that's what he said. He said, that's the goal to be drafted by the Giants. He did tell me that about three or four years ago that that's what he wanted to be. He wanted to be drafted by the Giants. I'm like, it ain't, it's not that, you know, it's, 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 it's not that hard. You have to, you got the measurables, like you'll be able to get it done. You got just, you know, just work. We're big, uh, we're big Braden fans. We're rooting for that to happen. Last summer, though, wanna I want to get back to you. Last summer, there was a little bit of a uh, little bit of rumors about you, know, you uh, putting the pads back on playing. The end. Giants were a little thin, and you're like, all right, I'll suit up. So, I mean, we gonna we gonna see any videos? We gonna see anything? Uh, anything you putting pads back on playing some playing some D end or anything how, like, anything how like real that? Was that? High school guys. How real was that, or were you just making fun of Tim Tebow? No, it was real. It was real. <laughs> Until I started training and the soreness started happening, like maybe three weeks into it, the soreness started started coming from continuously training and running and doing all these drills and doing all this shit, you know. And um, you know, got time on my body, knees and stuff just started hurting. Like it was just like bad, but it was like a it came at like that three week point. Then I take a break, take a day off, try to let my body get better, and it just still. It took me so long to get back to where I can go out and train again. That told me my body isn't recovering the same. So I might not want to waste people's time. So I just let it blow with the wind. And But you were thinking about it. Yeah. I was training for it. Awesome. Well, we still see you That's working sick. your son outside in. You know, he's got to work on the post foot. You, you made it look easy on him a few times on Instagram. Um, speaking of sore, this video just popped up the other day. I never knew I never knew you did the sports science until literally yesterday. Um and I've never seen the sports science guy involved in it. How nervous was he before you trucked him? Man, he was um you know, he was uh well, he was quite excited about it, about it. You know? So I walked in and he was like, oh, I can't wait. This is when I've been wanting this. I can't wait. Let's do it. Hey, let's go, let's go. He was sitting really like like, I get a chance to feel this shit, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty cool going through it, though, but he was really excited about it, man. Was he excited afterwards? He said, we, we went out after that, um, cause I, you know, like I was a state tonight. We went out there and had a drinks. like, man, I got a headache out of this world. I felt like I'll never normal again. <laughs> it was cool, though, man. It was good. <laughs> Yeah, I went to watch it. Someone, one of our listeners recommended it, and I went to go watch it. I'm like, oh, my God, this little dude is just going to stand in the way? Okay. Um, in the way, like, talking about, like, not half of me, not, like, I'm straight through him. Right I mean, you, you're a guy who's ran over Laurent Landry, you know, Woodson, you know, got some, you know, he just saw that and was like, yeah, I, I want to I sign up for that. So, credit, no, credit, credit to him. I don't know about that. Um. What so we mentioned Laurent Landry and those guys. What what is like your f- most memorable favorite run that you've had? Um, it wasn't even one where I ran someone over. You know, I was playing against the Minnesota Vikings and um, we was playing them maybe in Detroit. Is that something? Yeah, we're playing them in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, the year their their roof fell in. Yeah, that's so, correct. But, it was that game. I had a 70, 73, 74 yard running the sideline. Made it 
made a couple good cuts. Read it blocks out well. And it was pretty easy. It's pretty. It was a pretty easy run. I got a chance to show a little speed. Um, that was probably my favorite run. I don't really have a bunch of them, but runs where I ran somebody over, I would have to say. Uh, I would have to say. Yeah. Okay. I, per- I per- personally like the fourth and one, but that's just me. I want to ask. We're going to ask about that. Um, but uh, Joe, I have a question for you that he made me think of. What was your travel like that weekend when they canceled? I was actually in Minnesota, living in, I was playing ball in Minnesota for those couple of years. What was your travel like? Did you go to Minnesota and then have to go to Detroit? It was the craziest thing ever. Uh, I wound up uh, landing in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, no flights after that. And I said, that's a piece of cake. I'll rent a car and I'll get to Minneapolis. And uh, my think, if I'm not mistaken, it's maybe two hours to get to Duluth to, to Minnesota. And uh, it wound up to be like six hours in the worst storm I've ever been in in my life. And I got to the hotel, the Giants Hotel, uh, checked in in the wee hours of the of the night, woke up to the dome collapsing and finding out that the Giants didn't even make it. They were uh, held up in Kansas City. Yeah, I was going to ask and if they were stranded too. I remember they that. Were, they were stranded in Kansas City. And if the game was held, I believe, Monday, uh, my streak would have ended. But it was pushed to Tuesday in Detroit. And I think I pulled some planes, trains, and automobiles. And I wound up getting to the game. And the coolest thing ever was, and Brandon probably doesn't remember this, Brandon is the one who got me on the field uh, that game. And it was literally one of the coolest feelings in the world because I'm standing, walking around uh, uh, Detroit Stadium with Brandon before the game and not a soul was in there yet. Like, it was it was unbelievable. I'll send you guys a picture of it because it's just Brandon and I standing behind behind the Giants yeah, we didn't bench. Know. People, yeah. We didn't know yeah, what was people, going on. Fans, people going to be at the game? Like, did, did, did they get the memo that? <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> I think they gave away tickets because that because I was yeah, you know I was, I was a broke college kid and I, we correct. we almost thought about driving from Minnesota uh, Minneapolis to Detroit for that. They um, opened it up to to the fans in Detroit. You're right. That was a crazy weekend. That was unbelievable. My favorite Brandon Jacobs play is, I think it's 9 against Dallas. And it's not a run, but it's a catch. Whenever you got a chance to show off your speed, and when you got downhill and you got pers- and you got past that first level, and you got a chance to outrun some guys. So it was down the left sideline, um, 9 a big 74-yard receiving touchdown. And you, like hurdle over some guys and you, you wound up, you know, just diving into that end zone. So that's my, that's my favorite Jacobs place. So it's not just when you're running somebody over, but you got a chance to show off that speed too. Okay. You know, cause what you're 250, 200 something pounds and you're running, yeah. you're running away from dudes too. It was, it was insane, man. Insane. Cafe X shallow. I still remember that play you talking about. Cafe X shallow. The, the linebacker to take me, I take two for that. So that let me outflank him. Like once I outflank him and turn and caught the ball and get out the sideline, he was too late. But he, but he was the one though who who, who ended up getting. He kept coming because I tripped up along the way on the sideline. I tripped up along the way, which was what slowed me down. And I had him catch up, but it was too late. I was already in his own. Exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. Well, we're all sharing our favorite Brandon Jacobs runs. Mine is the one in the Dallas playoff game, not necessarily because of the run, but just to this day, my favorite celebration is you just curl hopping the ball into the play clock 
Was that pre-planned, or you were just like, fuck this stupid city and throw it through the ball at yeah. it? More like what it was, though, champ. It was like, I hate these motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, 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 that just like, like I, I couldn't ball up enough hate. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, that's, that's how I felt. Yeah, you could you could feel the hate in that throw, and I think that's why it's every year. I, every time that shows up, I'm like watching it over. Just just the sound it made was, you know, you could you could put me in a room by myself and just hear that sound, and I'm like, that's Brandon Jacobs throwing the ball at Dallas. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think uh, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, Brandon was so loved and still is by Giant fans. Like he kept doing stuff like that to, to especially teams that we hated. I used to watch him beat up the goalpost pad every single place he went mm. you know he would just box the pad that had either dallas or eagles or whatever and especially in philadelphia he loved to get on that case because he loves the fans over there anyway if there was another place he played didn't you tell me that one time if there was no, a place you would play it would be in philly no play, probably be philly because philly fans and i would i would have hated awesome you then. yeah i love that See that's a that's a take I have that I don't say a lot because I kind of have I low key love Philly fans because they're just nutcases and I I gravitate yeah. towards nutcases. I love it. I love them. I love um, them to death. Yeah, you know, tell them all kinds of shit. <laughs> so, uh, as much as I love the Giants fans, those fuckers were more mean to us than they were to anybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. We know oh, that. We fact. we all know that. We all know it. Man. Speaking of awesome. people we hate from Dallas, Mark Colombo, you had your run a little run in with him back in the day. Mm-hmm. Joe Judge mm-hmm. ended up having a run in with him. Giants, I mean, we can't stand him. I thought he was a horrible coach. We nicknamed him Dumbo Colombo. Um, I think I think with him and I, um, I was going to clear something up that something Patrick Creighton said before the game. Right, and I was going there with some, you know, like, yeah, you said this and you said that. This fucker pushes me in my back, pushes me in my back. Like, oh, that's a bitch move. Like, why would you do that? Like, I beat you, I beat your ass out of here. I will whoop your ass on the field. And then Coach Gilbride came in. Coach Gilbride's old, you know, I kind of kept my cool. Coach Gilbride's older guy. I didn't want to put that type of pressure on him. It stopped me from really, you know, doing what I wanted to do and possibly getting in trouble too. So. Um, he, he pushed me from behind. I thought that was a whatever. He's a weirdo. He's, he's got, good about it. He's he's got a metal band. So I tweeted at you a couple a few months ago. A lot of celebrity boxing matches. You know, we saw Frank Gore in there, who's one of my favorite guys of all time. All right, I love what what kind of purse do we have to set up to get a Brandon Jacobs versus Mark Colombo boxing whatever. match? Because we he needs it, it. He doesn't have a job. It don't even it don't it doesn't even matter. I stop him before one. I promise you. Uh, that. I need it. I really need it. It's I it need it. Cool. Hey, hey, pay me whatever. I'm with it. It's my so, life. So you, it's my, no so question. You, so you're saying like a, a celebrity softball game, home run derby, celebrity boxing match. I got it. We're in. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> so you, I'm going to tweet this choice. at him. He's he's a pussy. He won't react. I can't stand him. But I won't. I, I before I die, I need to see Brandon Jacobs. You know, one round, Mark Colombo. <laughs> I'll get in there. I'll get in there with you know, you know, with them. I'll get in there. There's no question. There's no question about it. I will get in there with them. You have your choice to whoop someone's ass, Rex Ryan or Mark Colombo. I'm I'm guessing you're taking Colombo. Oh, absolutely. I'm not gonna do that, Coach Ryan, man. He's a great guy. I love, I love hey, you know, he said I you know, don't lose weight. He told me that 
I was with San Fran in 2012, and we went to play the Jets. And uh, it's, it's, he, he had lost weight and did, what he, and did what he had to do. And he told me, he said, hey, thank you. I appreciate it. You're the reason I lost weight. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I was going to say, obviously, you guys had your thing, but I feel like Rex Ryan, for you, would be someone, he's on the opposite team. You hate him, but if you're on the same team, you guys would probably be best friends. You love him. There's no question about it. You definitely would love him because, you know, it's like the way that I like it. It's my favorite thing Brandon Evergay say, hey, Rex Ryan, it's time to shut up, fat boy. Yeah, because he was talking about how they own New York. And, no, man. And then in the year he said they own, because they had just went to the NFC, the uh, AFC Championship, I think, the year before that, if I'm not mistaken. And they thought they shit didn't stink. They thought they had Times Square just on. They had the lease. No, man. No, you don't. It's still out. Newtown. Were you part of the group ripping their banner off of, you know, when you guys played in 2011, they put their banners over the Super Bowl signs? Were you part of that group ripping them off? Oh, we didn't really rip them off. We just took them down, you know, in a respectful manner. You know, you know just like they stood on the chair to put them up there, you know, we just politely took them down and, and let them slide down the wall and be along the side. We try to cover our stuff. But this is our stadium. So Bradshaw had a had a cool run that game. You know he um you know, he runs over jet jet safety. So you know we know that you know obviously you and Bradshaw were boys and were close. But what was that relationship like? Was it one of those things where game in and game out, you know you're you're busting each other's balls saying, oh I got more yards this game, um, or is it like genuinely you're trying to just boost each other up? So what was that relationship like between you two? Well, bulldog. Is like my it's like a brother to me. Um we um carried each other in, in, in certain situations, you know, as far as you know, playing, you know, like football wise. He he is a he's always supported me. I always supported him. Um we fed off of each other. Uh we 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 like the running backs were a group. Like we partied together. We you know, we traveled in the offseason together. Like we were always together, you know. So we had our running back dinner every Friday night. We actually started everybody on the team doing position doing position dinners on Friday night, you know, because we started. We had our we had our running back stuff. We'll go to Avon Arthur's a restaurant we had on um, over there on the on the night they had uh, Little West Twelve uh, there. And we would go there every Friday night. Other people started doing that. So we were, you know, pretty close as a group. So it didn't matter who got the success. As long as somebody in the room is talked about on Monday morning, we were satisfied with you know with that. Yeah, that team, man, I, I go I I look up to because you guys and we this is something we just had Joe on a couple weeks ago. We talked about the current team. And it's like, yeah, I got some good players solid players here but i feel like they lack like just those tough ass like just dudes on that team and you guys had all of that and obviously led to two super bowl runs i want to talk about that that final drive in 07 though for mm-hmm. two plays fourth and one run i you don't seem mm-hmm. like a guy gets nervous did you have any nerves before that play no i did not have any nervous that's going on i mean however i knew it was going to be a little bit more a little, little bit more of a competitive one yard than the, than the typical one yard you know, fourth and one. I know they was gonna do everything they can possibly do to to, to stuff it. You know, we we didn't hide what we were doing. Um, I I thought it could have been a tad bit easier to get. Big Richie Sarbert was pulling. I love Richie to death. He's my guy. He tripped down right in the hole, and I'm like, shit. 
<laughs> he, we had him on the show, and I think we get busted his balls about that play. So. He tripped. He tripped, and then I, I wasn't left with nothing. But I was just, I was just hoping I didn't hurt him. Because once I saw it when he tripped, and once I saw that, I just motored down and just hit that one little crease right there as hard as I can. And their pressure, their pressure, and then him tripping. I tripped actually behind the line of scrimmage with him, and I just happened to make it back to Bear to get that yard. So I was. I was a little bit nervous when I looked when I got the ball and I looked down at the marker and saw it. I was like, "It's gonna be close," but it wasn't. It was it was a whole couple, you know, about an inch, you know, inch past the line. So it was pretty good. I, then, I wasn't. Though. I just I was just ready for competition. That's it. Actually, I, I got three plays because I, I I almost forgot about the Tyree one. What's your vantage point of that play? Well, I'm probably going to tell you the same thing every other player that you probably talked to said the same thing about the play. Um, we running, I think it's 62, uh, I think it's 63 protection, like 63 cafe wide sink or something like that it was. And I run my I run my flat route, try to pull a linebacker from underneath, try to pull my linebacker from underneath so he wouldn't drop. And I think it might have been like a deep post or post or something or a glance or something like that. <laughs> Trying to get that linebacker right out of that hole, so he wouldn't interrupt the, the, the route. And I ran my flat linebacker never blitzed, so I didn't stand for a blitz. So he dropped, and then when I ended up running around, he came to cover me, and I saw him grab Eli. I'm like, damn, he's about to get sat. Not a good time to get sat. He's just going, 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 going. I'm like standing there. He looks at Chris me, I think it is, and I see him look at him, getting ready to underhand the ball to him. And he just didn't do it. He stayed in there and he broke he broke free and he threw it up in the air. So he, he, he threw the ball in the middle of the field, way in there. I'm like, I'd rather you take a sack than to do that. <laughs> Don't do that. And David went up and made a play. And that's what made Eli Eli, though, is because, you know, I'm sure there were many times you saw a play like that and it ended up in a pick, but in the biggest moments where, you know, that's what people call that a lucky play. And I always say it's not lucky because you had to have that mindset. And I thought it's why Eli thrived in the playoffs. Is because the playoffs, you're not playing the the 28th ranked defense. You're playing the best of the best, and you got to be ballsy and have some fuck it in you. And that's what Eli had and shut up on that play. And yeah, so he, now we got the plaques one, uh, you know, cover zero. So you got to stay in blitz. Did you get a good look at it, or was you just like, man, this is a Super Bowl. I'm not taking any chances and peeking over at the throw. Wow, I I had already saw a man all the way on the outside. There was man on the outside. Oh. Um, everybody was impressed, actually. The, uh, the nickel, that nickel, and the other safety um, came kind of, kind of came over. And when I saw that the safety play, they went from like a, a two man to like a three with the safety with the strong safety down. So when I saw him come over, I'm like, oh, that's the backside. I got forces strong and weak. He still forces it. Eli don't rename it. Eli didn't rename him, so I had to get back across the bow to make the block. And I saw him coming. I saw I saw the coverage tilt. And I was like, we, we got man coverage. We got man coverage. Go, Eli, go, go, go. He snaps it. He blitzes off the edge. Flax wins his route. And the rest is history. I pick up my blitz. I pick up my blitz on the edge, and the rest is history. I saw that whole thing like that, though. I, I saw the whole thing. Because Plax had caught a, a slant on him, you know, early in the game. And I know it was going, to, you know, we knew it was going to jump it, so we went in, running, you know, like stuck it and ran the inside, and they put his feet, you know, foot back, kind of, kind of, uh, turned a, a slant into a, like a fade, 
you know, most people will call it a proper slant go or post corner, whatever you might want to call it. But he ran the slant and then came back outside and he was wide open. He was wide open, he dropped it right in there. Joe, did you see it or were your eyes closed in fear the whole no, time? God, I was oh, I from was on the field. I, that blitz and safety I had coming off the edge. I didn't even know what was happening on the other side, but I knew we had man coverage. And I knew it was gonna try to always defend the inside of things. So they was gonna be playing heavy inside, you know, just for us not to give up nothing, them not give up nothing in the middle of the field. So Plax made a play, man. You know, he went around a great route, got in the bike, touchdown. Hey, uh, you know, fast forward, I don't know if you guys know this, fast forward a couple minutes later, and the Giants are obviously taking the the, the victory. Brandon, tell these guys how of a non-selfish player you really are that not many people know. So we'll give Justin and Bobby a, a, a tidbit of information that I've known forever, but why were you not on the field at the end? Well, because every week, you know, Ruben Jones was a guy who had been in the league for a long time. You know, he was over the hill, none to say, you know, nonetheless, you know, but still gave us some good insight being an older guy in the locker room. You know, he had been in the league maybe seven years at that point. And uh, I was a young guy, three, you know, three years in starting and stuff like that. So we kind of had this thing where, like, even in practice, the victory, when we do victory on Saturdays, on, on, on Saturdays and Fridays, Ruben uh, went in for that stuff. He went in and did that. And my wife gives me a hard time about this too. So <laughs> the Super Bowl comes and we're in victory formation. Know that, know that that's going to be some of the best pitchers posted in the history of the game. I, yeah, I leave the game. I let Ruben take it because that's what he's going to But they told you. They, told, they left you in and you did it. Yeah. So... They left me in the game. Like, well, that's just something Ruben do. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let him have it. This is what he does. I'm not gonna change what we've been doing every week. You know. So non, so non-selfish. Such a great move on your part. It's not even funny. I, I, so, I like that. You know, and I, I, I forgot Ruben's on the team. I remember him having some years with Denver and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's, yep. that's was a he pretty... a Brown too. I think it was a Brown. I think he was both. Yes, too. Justin. Yep. I think the only, the only, the only time I played against the Browns. Played the Browns in 2008. We're on fire. Yes. Oh, the Monday Night Football game. Beating everybody by like three touchdowns. Like, there's no competition. We go to Cleveland on a Monday night and they beat the living shit out of us. Braylon. Braylon Edwards. He has has 900 yards. Oh, my God. They destroyed us like so bad. I'm like, this is not. (laughs) It was ugly. We did nothing. Maybe I think it was like 35 to 17, or we got that 17. We scored a touchdown late in the game, like like three or four minutes ago in the game. They're killing us, man. It was so bad. It was so bad. But that's the only time I remember playing Denver. I, I So you're talking about 08, man. You guys were, like you said, dumb. I think started out 8 0 that year or 7 0 or something like that, and then lost the Cleveland game. And then, I mean, you guys look like you were on your way to at least take be damn close to repeating, and then the plaque shooting happens. You know we don't got to rehash all of it, but I, I just wanted like a peek in the locker room when that happened. So obviously uh, Pierce was involved too. Like, what were your guys' conversations like? Was it like down and out? Like, like how the how did all this happen? Like, what well, was when, it kind of when it first went down when it, when, the, when the whole thing first went down? It was more of uh, is is he okay? Because I got the call at my house from a mob. It was like maybe 
don't know, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning or something like that. Something of that nature. So I get the call, I'm like, bro, you never guess what happened. I say, what happened? I'm like, because you called me about 10 times, so something happened. So I answered and he said, you never guess what happened, man. I said, well, like, Bryce, Bryce got shot. I'm like, got shot, is he okay? Like, is everything cool? Like, is he all right? He said, yeah, yeah, he cool. I said, wait, so where are y'all at? Like, what y'all doing? Like, we in the city, man. This night, I forgot the name of the club it was. I'm like, man, we got to, we trying to get, you know, we getting right, but come find out he shot, you know, that, um, get sweatpants or something like that. And then coming downstairs, something like that at a Glock, so, you know, no safety, obviously. And um, I guess the gun goes sliding down his pants or whatever it is. He tries to catch it, but when he must catch it, it, it hangs over the trigger and shoots him. And what went through my mind immediately then is he okay, number one. I didn't even think about football. Didn't even think about football, didn't even think about a team, didn't think about none of that, because Flex was truly my guy, like he was my guy. Um, so he that happens. And when we went up with him, I said he's okay. You know, we woke up the next morning, everything was still kind of quiet. So we didn't get out till like later on in that day, but it happened. And, um, you know, Flex is cool. He didn't hit any arteries, everything's good. The bullet's out. Um, you know, we're just gonna stitch him up. We ready to go. So I'm like, cool. So we don't waste no time. We good. And then the example came. The example came, man. Make somebody the example. And then that's what started to happen to us, man. Like when that happened, we didn't think that it was gonna be that bad. We didn't think that he wasn't gonna let him play. We didn't think any of that. We just thought it was something that happened. He didn't harm anybody else. He got a gun on him. He harmed anybody else. So he'll be straight. He harmed himself. He's going to come back there. That'll be good. He, we got to beat this. We got to beat this. We got to beat this. Like, that's how all of us are thinking. He never played anymore. Like, you know, like after that, and then went to jail. I'm like, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Like, you really going to put him in jail for having a, 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 a gun in the place where, or having a registered gun in a place where he don't have license. You know, it was enough that he got it. I understand we can't kind of, you know, we could do something other than lock him up. Locked him up. And right then and there, we realized, we didn't realize what our team was made of until we lost plus. Yeah. He had a lot to, even though he only had maybe going into week 12, going into week 12 or something, I think he only had like maybe four or 500 receiving yards or something like that. Not much at all, but nobody really, really knew how much Plexico had to do with our offensive success. Yeah. He had a whole lot to do with it. From, okay, he may not have been having a good season, but our mind was doing well. You know, we had other guys out there that was taking up a slap. Or when, you know, because they doubled him. They got a guy over him, you know, they, they cover two. They got a safety over the top. So what are you going to do? You got a nice... You got a wide receiver on the other side, Mr. Reliable, Monty Tune. You just can't just, you need two people here. You need at least one there. So that's three people out, at least eight men. You got to, uh, and you got three wides. So somebody got, you somebody got to cover the slot. You know what that meant? They couldn't load the box. Yeah. So you either stop Plexico on the outside or you put that safety inside, try to stop the run, and then we'd kill you with him. When he, when he went down and we lost him, we only won one more game that season. We lost him, I think it was the week after um, 
can't remember who it was. We played. So we was eleven and one. Like when it happened, we ended up going twelve and four. We ended up going twelve and four for that season. Birth, you know, get you know, getting the number one to Carolina Panthers. And we come in the playoffs in the divisional round. We get the first round by and play against the fucking Eagles, I think, and they beat us, just shut us out. We didn't score, I don't think. I think it was like 23 to nothing. In our stadium, it was so embarrassing. But Plexico was the he was the glue to the offense. You know, he didn't have the he wasn't having the offense, a yeah, great offense. You know, he wasn't having a great season like he's capable of having, you know. Yeah, he had he had been hurt all season. He had been bailing with injuries. Yeah, he, he just got his contract. So he had a lot of he had a lot of stuff going on, you know. So he was still out there balling. And when we didn't have him, it, it kind of exposed our team a little bit and, and ended up coming to a screeching halt. You know, and that's when you could start stacking the box a little bit more. And, you know, you turn your your 2,000-yard yeah. rushers that you have on the team when Plax is on the field. There's one less mm-hmm. guy there. You got a guy over the top. So, yeah, I mean, that, uh, you know, I, I think teams would almost rather to have you run four to five yards every play rather than give up a 40, 50-yard bomb. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like when it when it turned right there, you know. Um, I want to talk about uh talk about Tom Coughlin. Um, you come in the league in two thousand five, so that's before kind of like TC's uh, tra- transformation, going from General Tom to kind of being Grandpa Grandpa Tom, right? Um, so how did you kind of take that when you first came into the into the league? Was that almost just like, all right, I'm in the NFL, this is the way things were? Was it kind of a shock at first? So how did you, you know, how were you like Tom Coffin's relationship, especially like when you first come into the league and he's still like pretty strict with everything? Uh, to say this, I've never had any, any problems with the, way, the, with the way Coach Coffin led. Okay, I never had any problems with that. I had some running with Coach Coffin. And I guess those no coach. He, I was coached by guys like that coming in, coming into the NFL. I was coached by guys that had that kind of coaching demeanor, or some of it doesn't make sense. But you got to coach, you know. So I didn't have, a, I didn't have, a, I didn't have, a, I didn't ever have an issue with the way it was, man. So that's one guy that I respect as a probably one of the greatest leaders, leaders throughout the history of football. Like he is going to prepare, he's going to prepare you for battle. He's going to tell you everything that's going to happen. He's going to tell you when it's going to happen. And you get out there on Sunday, it happened when he said it was, and what he said was going to happen, happened. Like that, like he prepared us for real battle. Like he prepared us. Like if we was an army shooting, going out shooting these teams with guns, I probably would think we'd win. You know, we had to go out and get, you know, be in a, be in a war type setting. Probably think we'd win because he was that military. He always had somebody, you know, that was that was high ranked in the, you know, in the U.S. military, come in and talking to us weekly. You know, guys that sacrificed their legs and arms and fingers throughout the, you know, the military being in war. Those guys would come in like every week, you know, to to talk to us. So that's kind of the mentality he had. So he had us prepared for every battle that we were in. When we lost the battle, it wasn't because we wasn't prepared. It wasn't because of that. And I love the the story of yet somebody come in um, early in the 2007 season. I'm, I'm forgetting his name. But uh, 
you know, and then I remember you referenced that story of that veteran who lost a leg and when you're like in Green Bay and when you're freezing your asses off, you know, it's like, well, this ain't too bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what kind of propels you guys to, you know, to to go on and do awesome things. So that's that's so cool. Awesome. Hey, Greg is a guy, um, he lost his leg, stepped on a landmine. Did something, he said, I was out of place by one inch. I was out of place by one inch and I lost my leg. Think about it, fellas, one inch. Wow. Yeah, G- Gatson, Gatson became yeah, a, yeah. a good luck charm for you guys. Yeah, he'd be around all the time. He would be I around. Know. Johnson always have him around. They bring the games, they find the games. He play, play with us sometimes. We still started picking his brains and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Then a guy like myself had kids, and they looking at the man's nub, you know, his nub, looking, looking at him like he's crazy. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> Greg was a good sport about it, though, man. So, yeah, Coach Crawford had people like that around us, man, where we didn't have any choice but to be prepared for battle. He said nub. I, I got one more question, but I, uh, Joe, I want to see, do you have anything else before we uh, wrap it up? No, all you guys. All right, so I've always wondered this, and I've listened to interviews with you, and, you, I mean, you guys had a lot of good memories, so this never gets brought up, and this wasn't one of your low memories. But I'm fascinated. How quickly did you realize you fucked up when you threw the helmet in the stands in Indy? I mean, immediately, because I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I, you know, I've done man. dumb shit like that, and it's just like, oh, man, that was dumb. That was dumb. How do I cover for my ass on this? And I can see, and I... And when I did it, like people would always say, like, there's no way that was a mistake. I can see how they say that. Right? <laughs> but I had on these real sticky Reebok gloves. Me, me and the mob were the only two guys on the team that wore these gloves. Nobody else did. They were the greatest gloves. You, you put them on your hand, this leather inside just stuck, stuck to your hand. It was a regular glove, like great. And man, I, I had the worst, I had the absolute worst game. Ever that game, and Coach Coughlin was on my ass, pulled me out the game. Like every time I'm out, we get in and break him, he'll go. I'm like, well, they can't block for me like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, I was like pissed, you know. I like dropped out of the game. I went to throw the helmet up against the bench. It was a the, the, it was the bench right there. So I went to throw it up against the bench. But man, I, I didn't let it go. On that time, I just. <laughs> And it left my hand. I, I tried to let it go to hit the bench, and it flew like 20. I, I was going to try to break that bench. But the thing flew like 25 rows up. Then I'm like, holy shit, I really didn't want to do that. I really didn't want to do that. So I had to, uh, we got it back. I paid I paid it like a $20,000 fine. It was right over my head. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're trying to keep it as quiet as possible, maybe get it back quickly, but I remember the fan was like, no, I'm not letting go of this. Like, I'm going home with this helmet. That's exactly what happened. That went and right over like, my head. And I was like, let him keep it. Okay, helmet, who cares? Like, let him keep it. <laughs> I just threw a helmet up there. The NFL could, could be sued. The Giants could be sued. Like, we all could be sued. Let him keep the fucking helmet. Like, <laughs> it's like, throw him some more shit, man. It was on purpose. I'm giving away game gear, you know? <laughs> Right, it, it's crazy, but it, it ended up being, you know, it, it, I think Peyton ended up, you know, uh, helping me and the Giants blow it over, you know, you know, yeah. as far as legality is concerned. Um, 
But I paid a twenty thousand dollar fine, and I'm not sure what the what that person, the fan, got because he caught it. It didn't hit anybody, you know. But yeah, that was an interesting one, man. But I really didn't want to do that. I really did not want to throw it. I promise, I did not want to throw it. I want to throw it at the bench. It just latched on for an extra couple of inches, flew up. I just remember on TV, and then you see some fan playing tug of war with the security guy with the helmet, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I remember being like, I, I would have just got up and ran out of the stadium. Like, I don't need to sue. I just want that damn helmet. But, uh, Brandon, yeah. we appreciate you coming on. Uh, looking forward to seeing your son's, you know, like career go forward. Obviously, a lot of high school ball left. So, and you know what? Maybe, you know, maybe we'll be in a place where we'll give him some NIL money, have him tweeting out talking Giants <laughs> versus the world or something. Hey, we'll take it because they are definitely giving these kids this money. I, that's another thing I'm looking at, man. You guys, man money like these guys going into high school i mean these guys going to going you know they're going to college with six seven hundred thousand dollars in their bank account like gee Bonetti, like man you ain't got nothing to work for hey brandon who's having who's having more fun on these visits Braden or his brother well <laughs> his brother's his brother's really eating up because he's about that stuff but he was it's like the, it's like it's literally like the blind side yeah he, he want to go and Try to own a uniform too and do this stuff. Like they recruit the family, man. Like when they recruit a kid, they literally recruit the family. I see I've seen it. some We're short pudgy like... dads wearing Florida Gators, you know, jerseys yeah. and tight pants and everything. You know. Yeah, you'd never see me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Brandon, we appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Uh, thanks again. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. So. No doubt, guys. Hey, Shirley, man, hope I never get back in there. I will kick your. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right, thank you once again to Brandon Jacobs for coming on the show. And before we get on out of here, we got to talk about Roman. Man to man, me to you, person to person. I want you to feel confident. This show is about feeling confident. Is Brandon Jacobs not one of the most confident running backs in NFL history and Giants history? He wants to punch you in the mouth every single play. And even in your relationships, I want you to feel confident. And if you need a little bit of a boost, you got to start with Roman. Roman swipes that are clinically proven to help you last longer in bed. There are no prescriptions needed. PE treatments, they're safe, they're effective, they're used by millions of men. It is free two-day shipping. I love the fast shipping, and it's even discreet. If you don't want your partner finding out that maybe you, you do have a little bit of a confidence problem, Roman is also discreet as well when it helps you out with PE. Very common in men. 52% of men suffer from PE if you are over the age of 40. So I want you to go to GetRoman.com slash world, Talking Giants versus the world. Today, and if you're approved, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's GetRoman.com slash world. Let's wrap it up with Brandon Jacobs, LPG, Bobby Skinner. No pun intended when I say wrap it up. All right, thanks again, Brandon Jacobs, for coming on. And thank you, License Plate Guy, for making it happen. And we, we, we kept them on for the closing because we didn't get to... I felt bad we didn't get to talk too much during the interview, but Brand Jacobs was the Mark Colombo stuff was my favorite. Like he just That's he went all he dove all in. Like that was I that mean, was he, a dream scenario. He literally wants to face off. So I don't know if I could put together a, a celebrity softball game and a and a and a celebrity boxing match, but uh yeah, do for sounds charity. Like Brand, Mark Colombo like hates kids. In. If yeah, Mark Colombo sounds- denies it, Mark Colombo hates chill like, you know, well, you know, kids with cancer or something. Like Mark Colombo wants kids oh. to have cancer. 
That's right. We'll just spread that rumor around. And if Brandon can't, if Brandon can't make it, I'll just get Judge. It'll be fine. Yeah, you know, whip his ass a, a second time, um, dude. But seriously, thank you, man. That was, you know, you talked about how he's one of the realest dudes. You know, that's why Brandon Jacobs is a lot of, including myself, like favorite Giants player. Like, obviously, Eli's my favorite. But if there's, you think about from that team, it's like the O line. Those are guys like my football heroes. But it's like Brandon Jacobs. Brandon Jacobs was that dude. So it was a. Uh, I mean, first of all, you're both welcome. I told you this last year or two years ago, and and thanks for staying on me, especially last week or two weeks ago when I was on, and you reminded me, it's like, you know what? Let me stop, you know, BSing around and get them on, and and, and obviously anything for you guys. It's funny, uh, you know, he really is the most down-to-earth guy I've ever known, just the way we met, the way we're still friends, and if I need anything or vice versa, it happens, and yeah, he's always going to be a a big blue favorite. You know, I chalk him up to like players like Nick Gates, you know, the guys that go after other players when they pick on our players or talk to the fans or do this or beat up, you know, Philadelphia Eagle pads or throw the football at the clock. Like as fans, we like that. We want them to hate the other teams. And Brandon's the number one guy for that. All right, man, we appreciate you. Uh, no we doubt, appreciate guys. Brandon Jacobs, and we appreciate all the listeners. Let us know what you guys thought of the podcast. You know, tweet at Brandon Jacobs and LPG saying, you know, thanks for coming on. Uh, so we'll see you guys on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.